Welcome to another episode of Drivers, First Calls podcast devoted to the latest trends in the golf industry and the people setting them. I'm David Klein with John Last. We're from Sports and Leisure Research Group. And John, I've been really looking forward to today's episode. Um, Before uh, introducing today's guest, let me give you a little background on today's topic. I would argue that technology and analytics has had the greatest impact on golf over any other sport from a fan, player, and industry standpoint. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at some of the research that we've been conducting here. One consistent finding that we've seen is the explosive growth in both the implementation and interest in smart ranges, both at Greengrass and standalone golf facilities. John, what's your take? I absolutely agree. I think one data point that stands out for us, and and, and this is something that, that I addressed with a panel group at the NGCOA Technology Conference just a couple of weeks ago, is we've seen a 10% point increase in those golf facility operators that see ranges and range-related technology as an amenity that's critically important over the next two to three years. In fact, that's ahead of even clubhouse renovations in terms of priorities. And it's consistent with the 78% of facility owners that we've seen who voice that range technology is a significant source of revenue growth in the near term. Our guest today is at the forefront of this phenomenon, and I'm really pleased to welcome Alex Goodman, the National Sales Director of Top Tracer. Alex, you're living this world from day to day. Why don't we start by having you share a little bit about what you're hearing in the marketplace and, and why ranges are so hot right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think first, uh, John, David, thank you for having me. Uh, John, it was great to share the stage with you at TechCon last week. Really good uh, engagement that we had about technology. Uh, you're absolutely right. The The range business is as hot as it's ever been, um, both off course and on course. I think the on course portion is really starting to take way. I mean, historically, the range has been a, a bit of an afterthought. It's a very, very large piece of property, uh, whether that's off course or on course. It is something that hasn't been the most engaging place for members or players at a facility for a very long time. I think some people have done a good job programming it. And technology is an enablement tool that's allowed it to become more of a forefront of the property, an amenity, a revenue driver, and something that can say this large piece of property that sometimes is is uh, you know not making us money, is costing us money, can be a significant amenity to the club or the facility or their driving range can be brought up into the, you know, into the current status of what the consumer expects. Uh, I think uh, overall, if you're looking at the range business and whether that's on course or off course, uh, there's a lot of opportunity dependent on the customer you want to serve. And again, technology being an enablement tool is about how you program it and implement it. But what we're seeing is hotter than ever. Um, We continue to get more and more engagement from the community, both public, private, municipal, standalone. Every segment is looking at it. Uh, every segment is implementing it. I was just looking today. We actually have 32 municipalities that have range technology in our portfolio today, over 70 private clubs. So uh, it's not just a one size fits all. We're seeing it a- across everything. And I think that's good for the business. It's good for the health uh, of the golf facility. Uh, and it aligns with what's hap- with, with what is happening off course too, uh, which we could talk about a little bit, but better than it's ever been, hotter than it's ever been and exciting time for us as a business. So stepping back a little bit, obviously, our audience includes a wide range of of knowledge about the topic. When we talk about range technology, you're at the forefront, Top Tracer, with its origins as the engine that fueled uh, the Top Golf phenomenon and has certainly enhanced uh, television coverage of the professional game. 
why don't you share with our, our listeners a little bit of the journey that that Top Tracer has been on and and your role in it, as as well as as some of the the more innovative current applications of the technology that that you're seeing in the marketplace. I know at at TechCon you had a separate session that I attended that was really interesting and just kind of showing the variety of applications that that a variety of on course and off course facilities are deploying. Kind of take us through that that journey, if you will. Yeah, John, really great question because it's a fun story. Um, and for those of us maybe date ourselves, but the early 2000s, we remember ProTracer. Uh, that was the original ball tracing technology actually created by our founder, Daniel Forsgren in Stockholm, Sweden, where our technology is still developed. Uh, we still have a, all of our R&D there. All of our developers, all of our support are based in Stockholm. Uh, and the team that started that, uh, Daniel and, and two other gentlemen, are still with us uh, on our leadership team, um, running certain departments within our organization. But it really was... Daniel as a novice golfer saying, okay, I like to watch golf, but how do I better see a white golf ball against a white sky on a cloudy day on TV? And, and that was born um, what we see was ProTracer, the first ball tracing technology on TV. And, and one of the first broadcasts that he did was the 2008 Masters. So it's been going on for a while historically. Um, once that was implemented and continued to develop, they started to think, okay, we can no longer watch TV without a ball trace, watch golf on TV without a ball trace. I think we can all agree with that. When when it doesn't happen, we wonder where it went. We wonder what the data looks like. And, and that has obviously changed the way that the spectator is able to engage with, with TV, uh, with golf on TV. Uh, and so as they're developing it, it was, okay, how does that now pertain to, to golf and people playing golf? So eventually we feel like you won't be able to hit a golf ball without a ball trace, whether that's on a range or potentially on a golf ball. Uh, on a golf course. We still have a long way to go for that. But the evolution of what Daniel created, being able to trace balls on uh, on TV to now having range implementations across over a thousand facilities, um, you know, around the world is, is something that um, I think he's very proud of, but we're very proud of too. We're able to take a technology that solved the problem and implement it across, uh, you know, multiple platforms so that the the everyday consumer can see, watch golf on TV, watch every major and see it, and then go to their club or their facility and use that same technology to get their own data or play virtual golf courses or have fun. So the evolution um, has been really interesting. Uh, you know, Topgolf acquired ProTracer in 2016, rebranded it Top Tracer, and then obviously our, uh, our recent acquisition and merger with Callaway has just fueled the opportunity for us to grow and grow the business and bring more, uh, more technology to more people. You know, John, it is our goal to be a part of every shot, um, whether that is indoor, outdoor, digitally on TV. At some point, we want to be a part of every golf shot. Now, ball tracing technology will be in the future, but what you're seeing in the market is so creative today, whether that's a private club like Washington Golf and Country Club building this huge facility with 18 bays at a historically um, you know, old private club or municipalities implementing covered ranges, closing their grass tee, taking their range from what was a nominal revenue to, to you know, 500,000 plus in revenue business, uh, implementing food and beverage, grabbing a demographic that they've never seen before, which also fuels their golf course. So as much as it's this is cool and we get our data and analytics and we see how far we hit the ball, the programming and implementation of it is driving significant revenue retention and a demographic that a lot of golf courses haven't seen before, which I think is just healthy for, for golf in general. It's it's certainly refreshing and, and intriguing to see how the proliferation of, of of this technology has really transformed things. I mean, everybody is is familiar, you know, with what they see on television as well as as what's been incorporated into Top Golf. And and I think about 
this general trend that we've also observed in terms of gamification and just the overall embracement of analytics in golf um, has really added a significant value to the golf experience. I mean, our research demonstrates that quite loudly. As you think about it, you made the comment a moment ago about, you know, how everybody wants to see this. What's the strategy? What's the, what's the, the future in the short term from a business standpoint? And, and what innovations do we have to look forward to in the near and midterm? Yeah, as we developed, we were really focused on the standalone range business. We had a monitor product uh, that was for covered ranges only. And that was from our, you know, um, prior to the Top Golf acquisition all the way through to 2020. Uh, we didn't have a grass tee product. We didn't have an uncovered monitor product. So the, the impact was was big, but it was smaller than it could be. The U.S. just doesn't have that many uh, covered driving ranges. So strategically, we knew that although we're making a huge impact in the standalone range and covered range business, in order for us to really truly impact the golf business, we had to be able to uh, implement Top Tracer at every type of facility possible. So if you have a driving range, you can have Top Tracer. And that has allowed us to start to innovate on how we work with operators and now the end consumer and the user. So for us strategically, it's very, very important to win both the player development side and the quote unquote entertainment uh, gamification side. So we want to, starting with the gamification, we want to appeal to a wider audience, attract more players to a golf facility that haven't played before. Maybe they've played off course at a top golfer somewhere else, and now they want to experience on course golf and they do it through the range and there's virtual golf and there's go fish for kids and you can stand on the range and play Pebble Beach. Uh, but we also need to make sure that we have the most robust ball tracing technology and analytics tool for a plus handicapper to get better and for PGA professionals to coach. So those are very, very wide spectrum. So strategically, we have to be very, um, you know, very direct in how we do that. So we feel like we've done a really good job with that gamified side. Uh, and our a lot of our investments recently have gone towards continuing to grow that but also creating a really robust coaching platform, strokes gain analytics tool, acquisitions of companies who have done on-course and off-course strokes gain analytics, uh, implementing that into training tools for us, working with uh, you know people like Darren May from the Grove 23 to help us build our coaching platform and make sure we have a product that makes players better. Uh, we feel there's like an oversaturation of data in the market and there's a a lack of how do I hit the ball further, closer, and score better on the golf course. We're really focused on that. Our coaching platform launched at the PGA show last year, uh, continues to build out. It, it's really the the tool for the for the coach to create benchmarking, um, watch their players from remote or in person so they can sit in their office or be across the world and watch what their players are doing on the range. And then I think most importantly, give them assignments to get better, right? We know what you're benchmarked at. We know how you play. Well, we don't need to work on certain things. Why don't we go work on our 100 to 125? And here are our assignments to go do that accountability and homework. So we're going to continue to build both. We're going to continue to make sure that the ranges that want to drive revenue and uh, be the most you know, gamified experience that they can will have a, a tool. But for the best coaches and players in the world, they're going to have a tool as well to, to be to be better players. So, Alex, I have to admit that uh, as a high handicap golfer, I've been looking into uh, a home golf simulator option. What do you see as the potential for further diffusion of Top Tracer's distribution strategy for direct-to-consumer applications? And how do you see companies in this category differentiate themselves and bring this technology to a new segment of golfers? 
Yeah, David, really good question. Um, the you know it's it's a very busy segment in technology. There are a lot of players. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion in technology from consumer and operator as well. So I think simplification is really important. It's uh, it's fun. It's easy. The user experience is easy. Uh, but it, it gets you better, but it also engages a wide audience. So we're going to be focused on that, whether we're outdoor or indoor uh, in the future. You know, at this point, the range and the range operator are our sole, um, you know, our number one important thing that we are focused on right now. Uh, does that evolve? And are there opportunities beyond just the outdoor range experience? Yeah, we said we want to be a part of every shot. So in order to do that, we need to be a little more flexible in how we can implement. But at this point, uh, we really, you know, the end consumer, we help our range operators and our private clubs and facilities engage and create uh, marketing collateral programming events that they can use. But it is to them to 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 work with their end customer to to drive that engagement. We do a lot from a B2C standpoint, but we're really B2B focused right now. We are very focused on the operator. How do we meet your goals? How do we make you more money? How do we engage with your members better? How is this technology going to help your facility thrive? Um, what the future looks like with with the vision of being part of every shot, we have to, you know, we continue to have to be flexible and fluid of how that's delivered. Um, to your question on the space, uh, like I said, it's a it's a crowded space. There's some great technologies out there. Um, they're doing very, very well. I think the continued education of the impact from the end consumer as well as the operator is really important in this space. What is important to you? Is it multi-sport? Is it very golf focused? Is it teaching? Is it coaching? Is it what are you trying to accomplish as uh, as a facility and as an operator, and then you got to make sure you're with the right partner. At the end of it, it's it's who's going to be there with you from the day they sell it to you to the day that you're continuing to work together for a long time. And also, um, what's your user experience? So when people ask us, you know, what do you what do you look for? Find the best partner and the best user experience. It has to happen. Those two things go hand in hand, and and the operator has to have buy-in as well to make it work. You know, you, you hit on something that I wanted to wrap up with as we, we kind of get towards the end of our, our lot of time here. You and I talked a lot at TechCon about a number of the macro level technology trends that have been impacting the industry, particularly at the golf facility level. And one challenge that we've noticed that surfaced both from the consumer side and the facility side is finding a balance between golf's history of being you know, differentiated from other leisure activities as very high touch, very personalized. As we see more of these, particularly some of the DIY high tech developments entering the business, you kind of have this push and pull between high touch and high tech. You talked about user experience, and I think that yeah. can apply both to the B2B experience, you know, user experience as well as the end consumer. Any quick thoughts on how that shakes out in the near term? Yeah, I think most tech providers need to make sure they're not cumbersome to the operator. I think we're, you know there were golf pros and golf operators that are at our core, and we don't want to have to be uh, messing with uh, technology and make it a, a pain point because the volume is still high. The volume is going to remain high, in my opinion, just because the amount of people that have come into our game. Um, so you have to be available. You have to be front of house and get out from behind the desk. And if you're back there trying to figure out the technology, you're even in a, you're in a worse spot than you were before tech was implemented. So anybody developing and implementing technology and selling it, you know, the user experience, it's got to be an enablement tool for the operator, for the golf professional, the GM, uh, the F&B staff, whatever that looks like. Because I think if we can win on that and we can create a technology that can be completely hands off or have hands on it, and you have that option, then people are going to be in a good space. Like there's going to be automated ranges. There already are. 
fully automated. You come, you, you know, you tap a, a card, you go out, top tracers open, you go and you leave. And I think there's, there's a place for that. But where we're going to win as an industry is we have a history of face-to-face, -face, uh, whether that's in the, the vendor to uh, operator relationship, the operator to consumer relationship, the player, the coach, that's not going anywhere. So if we can solve the technology piece, which we're behind on as an industry, we all know that, uh, we are going to win because we actually have at our core people who are passionate about growing the game, player development in the business. So you're going to get more time to be with people and more time to spend with them. We always say that uh, you can set it and forget it. You know, if you build it, they will come. Sure. I think you do the bare minimum, which we think is still good. But if you can put it in, this is our product specifically or any technology, put it in, make it user-friendly, and then leverage your time to engage with players and make it a better experience and then program the heck out of it, you're going to be really successful. So I think the combination of the two is really, really important for the future. We can't walk away from the player uh, because their expectation isn't that. There's going to be a new consumer who doesn't want to engage with anybody. And I think we're going to have technology to do that. But the traditional nature of golf is never going away, which we love. And that's that comes with the people that are in the industry. Yeah, no, I think you, you really covered it from both sides. It's, it's it's something that we've found to be particularly intriguing as we go out and, and work with some of our clients to test what that proper interface needs to be and, and interface in all frames of the word, not just from a technology specific standpoint, but just in terms of that level of interaction that one wants to have. Certainly something that that, that we could talk a lot more about. Um, we, we always like to keep these things relatively tight because we want to be mindful of our listeners' time. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe we'll, we'll have you back in the future because I, I know that uh, you guys are going to continue to be at the forefront of, of how this evolves and how this basically diffuses into the marketplace. So thanks for being here and, and thank all of you for listening to another episode of Drivers. Thanks, John. Thank you, David. Mm -hmm.